This episode of Policing Matters is brought to you by Polco. Learn how you can gather resident insights on the state of law enforcement in your community. Visit info.polco.us. You're listening to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for listening. Recruiting into the law enforcement career has been a challenge, probably dating back at least a decade, long before COVID and the cries to defund the police. Before the 2018 IACP report on the recruitment issues, we saw the impact of high employment rates and an attitude by millennials who preferred a more fluid lifestyle, a gig economy, flexible work schedule, among other things. In 2019, another report came, this time from PERF, called the Workforce Crisis. Recommendations included appealing appealing to the changing candidate, attitude, service-oriented mind, and in working with communities they served. Surveys showed pay and benefits were secondary to job satisfaction and other non-traditional rewards and a quicker hiring process. I had the opportunity to present at a three-day seminar that the California Highway Patrol held at their headquarters to host ideas and information to some 150 recruiters and public information officers. It was a great event. Lead recruiter Caleb Benefiel leads the way to innovation and execution of the agency's recruitment and retention efforts. Welcome to Policing Matters, Officer Caleb Benefiel. Good morning, Jim. How are you doing? It's great. Great to see you again. Hey, prior to attending the seminar, I, you know, I went over the website, the California Highway Patrol. I took a long look at the very robust recruiting pages on the CHP website. Um, it's listed in the show notes below for those of you looking, and there's a link on how to apply. Uh, you address several issues from the IACP, the International Association of Chiefs of Police report, and also the PERF report. Who's responsible for the recruiting strategies and how did you or they come up with your priorities? So I'd say for the Iowa Patrol, a lot of our recruitment strategies um, are statewide, right? Uh, The the benefit that we have is uh, obviously out of our headquarters unit, we have our cadet hiring recruitment section uh, that is the lead on coming up with these ideas and pushing them forward to the executive management and then ultimately for the state but with over 140 uh, areas throughout California and that ability to take the public information officers' perspectives, eight divisions to take those recruitment units' perspectives and to push them up, um, I think we're all pushing towards trying to know what's going on in the environment and get the best uh, candidates through our program. Um, So with, with that, I think our website has really developed and changed. I think we've seen the need. I think we've seen the generation that we're out there trying to recruit, which is the new generation. This is the ones who are going to go out there into our communities and continue to protect us throughout our retirements. Um, And for that, uh, I think that we're being a lot more transparent. I think our websites have changed to not only attract uh, the different opportunities that our career offers. It's not just Uh, The Highway Patrol that you might see us out there responding to traffic collisions, assisting disabled motorists. Um, It's really showing the wealth of opportunities that a career with the Highway Patrol has to offer. Yeah, 
I mean, it was an eye-opener going there, talking to several of the um, recruiters and the PIOs, really good people there. Lots of agencies will show the dynamic aspects of the job, you know, uh, SWAT guys repelling from helicopters and, you know, people in their bomb squad, you know, the EOD unit and their their bomb, bomb tech um, uniforms, canines. Uh, your strategy is different. Uh, when I first saw that uh, video that you presented uh, highlighting a athlete, college athlete turned CHP officer, Amber Wright uh, was in the audience and I recognized her and I went up and I said, was that you? And she said, yes, it was great to meet her. And I think, you know, for me as a retired police officer, it was a different perspective that I don't usually see. And it seems to be the way to get the attention of some of the young people that you're you're looking for. Tell us about uh, who came up with that idea and and what's the reception been to the Amber Wright story? I, I think that that idea actually did originate from our cadet hiring recruitment section. Um, they're they're constantly trying to throw around innovative ideas in order to show the diversity of California, the diversity of our department and our staff that makes it run. Um, athlete to officer, I think, was a brilliant idea uh, because it shows a lot of those qualities and characteristics that a collegiate athlete such as Officer Wright had. She talks about her determination. She talks about the uh, the importance of esprit de corps or that teamwork element that um, when you're out there, you're running the race. It's not it's not to get that highest amount. It's just to go out there and to personally continue to push yourselves with that determination. Um, and I'm so glad that uh, we had that. We've we've had that development. Um, I think if anything, we're really pushing, showing the highlights of different jobs, including our public safety dispatchers, which are vital to even officers doing the rules or our commercial vehicle inspection specialists. All these different parts of the California Highway Patrol that make us run and make us uh, so efficient to go out there and do our jobs for the safety and service of the people of California are being uh, highlighted now. And I'm so glad that the technology has gotten to that point that we can do it. Um, but yeah, I think that that's great. And we're continuing to work on different uh, other aspects to highlight not just athletes. I mean, we have professors, we have individuals with master's degrees on this department. We have those who just got a high school diploma only, and they've risen to the ranks of, you know, chief assistant chief throughout that, that rise. They've obtained additional degrees, but you, you only have to have a high school diploma to join, which is quite phenomenal. Yeah. And, and, you know, people talk about, do you need a, a university college degree? And, uh, like you say, I've seen some really great folks with, you know, came from the school of hard knocks, as they say, and did just as well. You know, the IACP and PERF reports had a couple things in common. And one was that today's candidate just, you know, doesn't have the patience to sit through, you know, these grueling backgrounds and three, six, nine month, um, you know, processes where they've got to, you know, they've got to make a decision on whether they go with one job or wait for this one or, or another. And um, you've done a, a good job of streamlining the testing and backgrounds uh, portions of the test. Uh, it's important um, in the re recruitment challenge. What are you doing to, to streamline those things? 
I think even since the time that I joined, and I joined uh, a little bit over six or a little under six years ago, um, I've seen innovative changes. I, I think that our department's done quite well um, with realizing that a 12 to 18 month hiring window to get someone from an application to an academy invite, and that's not even graduating, uh, we need to work on that. Um, there's certain aspects to the background investigation that we're always going to hold the highest standards, and that's not going to change. So a thorough background investigation, uh, if you're younger, you haven't lived it in many places, you haven't worked as many jobs, those tend to go faster. But we are always going to take uh, our background investigations to the highest level. Uh, but areas that we've streamlined is we went from quarterly uh, testing where you could apply constantly and, and hey, if you applied at the start of that open exam cycle, it might be four, five, six months before you actually get that physical abilities test. Uh, two monthly testing now where within potentially two months, you're able to take that test and move forward in the process. Uh, we've also combined our physical abilities tests with a written exam. Those used to be on separate days, but why not knock them out in the same? So we're trying to do things on those levels. I think the biggest one is going to uh, either monthly or every other month testing so that you're not having as long of a gap at the start. Um, and then I think a big part is uh, we've started doing background preparation seminars, things that can help the applicants to kind of take out some of that mystique behind it and say, hey, we're being very open and honest. Here's what you're being tested on. Here's the expectations. And here's all the preparation that you can do. You still have to come forward. You have to be open. You have to be honest, show that maturity and integrity. But I think that mystique that was there of, hey, you put in an application and you might not hear anything has been completely taken away. And the resources that even on our website that we're providing to uh, applicants, um, it, it was just about to start when I was applying. We were just starting to do applicant workouts and have that interaction with the officers. Um, and I think that we've really developed on that. So um, the streamlining, if we can cut that down and get you to the academy, but when we're talking to applicants who are considering different departments, that's amazing. Consider it, we need law enforcement, we need good police officers, sheriff's deputies, correction officers, and highway patrol officers. It is not which department is going to pick you up first, though. It's the one that you want to go and serve a career with, that is a 25, 30-year career. And that's what uh, I would talk to applicants about, that if one takes a month or two longer, they should have made the decision about what career they really want. Yeah. And you know, in the past, and actually a lot of uh, agencies still do it, they request a local pool, right, that you have to have a residency to apply. Well, of course, CHP is statewide and, and all over the place, right? So true. <laughs> so uh, the idea of um, just, you know, fishing in that local fishing pond um, to regionally to nationally. Uh, I think that's a move that a lot of departments are making. You've been doing it for a long time. Uh, I talked to Rob Kate uh, at interview now, who's my co-presenter uh, at the, at your, your um, project. And um, you know, it opens the door to have these hiring fairs and reach out across the nation to people, um, I think we're probably going to be moving towards remote testing. If you want to apply for California from Florida, you can take an online test. You can do a local physical test. 
and get the background started because every almost everything's done electronically. We talk about, you know, if you have your backgrounds, people still walking around with folders full of files, um, maybe you need to do a, a reassessment. And I talk with a lot of students and candidates who have a fear of the process. One of your strategies is pre-testing. It's genius. And why haven't we done it before? for all phases of candidates who are hesitant or fearful about the process, right? Like how much of my time and life do I devote to this process? Um, and then only to be rejected midway or some way through the process. Uh, how's, how's your pre-testing work? So I think in that, that has been a great uh, evolution and change for our department. I think in running our applicant preparation programs, well, you can come out and actually go through a physical abilities test with us before it uh, to see how you're doing, to see if you're meeting those standards. Um, written exams, we have uh, a great professor, Stevie Daniels. She runs free webinars. They're not sponsored by the CHP. However, she does it uh, for the majority throughout the state uh, to help prepare you for the pellet B and give you sample examples of what it is. And then for our backgrounds, this background preparation seminars, it, it really helps, helps you feel more confident. And I think that you have career fairs, you have, you know, we go to colleges and we go do different things along those lines. That's just kind of the tip of a, hey, did you consider this career? And then these follow-up resources. And I honestly think the ability that we now have to connect via Zoom and, and so we don't have to just be within our specific areas. We have eight different divisions, but on some of my Zoom information seminars, webinars, background preparation seminars, I have someone from Northern California who, who lives up near Nevada. I have someone down, I have, I have military who are out of the country who are joining this where you don't have to just sit here in person. You can still have that personal connection. Um, that pre-testing, all those different things, including we have a cadet preparation program. So once you've made it through backgrounds, you passed everything, you're about to get an invite to the academy, we have programs that help continue to prepare you so that you'll succeed at the academy, which hopefully it's not going to take away completely all the stress, but it's going to help you retain uh, your focus while you're there and actually be more successful in it. So, um, you know, it, it can be a fearful process. It can be one of those things. I, several people who I work with, we've gone through backgrounds twice. We may have gone through the academy once or twice, but it's that mindset to never give up. And with the CHP, if you don't pass backgrounds, we'll tell you specifically why you didn't pass. And you'll get a letter in the mail that says that. So we will even take out that mystique of, hey, we didn't just select you. We're going to tell you why and whether or not you have an opportunity to reapply. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I hear that response from students a lot who do get rejected and have no idea why. And I think, you know, transparency and, um, you know, demystifying is something that you really do well there at CHP. Um, it's a best practice, in, in my opinion. I want to talk about that in a minute. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor. Polco's National Law Enforcement Survey provides a comprehensive, accurate and representative picture of resident opinions related to police services. Compare your results with other agencies around the nation. Align your priorities with community sentiment, build trust, and improve safety services. Visit info.polco.us to learn more. 
And we're back and I'm speaking with Officer Caleb Benefield of the California Highway Patrol Recruitment Office. And I want to ask about the paradigm shift, Caleb. You know, back in the day when I was thinking about applying for police agencies, I thought about CHP briefly, but in my mind, and, you know, I, I can see you on Zoom and you've got this awesome photo of a fully outfitted uh, motor officer riding his bike. And uh, I got to tell you, that's that was my impression of CHP, right? Driving up and down the freeways. And I think across all the states, all the highway patrols are thought of maybe in that respect. I mean, that's the title, right? Highway Patrol. How are you showing the diversity of people and assignments in the California Highway Patrol to show all aspects of investigations, forensics, other segments? Here in California, you know, we've got some crime that CHP has got a direct link with, uh, not only on the streets, but also in professional crime organizations of, you know, catalytic converter thefts mm -hmm. and even retail uh, organizations. Uh, tell us about that. So that is a big part. I, I think I was in your same boat when I was looking into the different departments. Um, for the highway patrol, I really did think, you know, it's the bread and butter. We're out there, we're patrolling the highways, the roadways. Um, you know, a lot of those type of investigations uh, didn't see the diversity within the department. And I think that as we talked about earlier in the segment about our website and the transparency and, and really highlighting different aspects. Um, I think on our website, we show over 12 different career opportunities that, that applicants may not have seen, such as, I know we see the traditional canines on there, air operations, SWAT is on there. But when you start looking at our multidisciplinary accident investigation team, I mean, those are, those are our brainiacs. Those are our science guys who can completely take a, uh, a larger incident and, and really break every little dynamic down. I mean, they've written reports on airbags and seatbelts that are, you know, uh, pages long that used to be my college, uh, my college papers that I'd write, um, especially procrastinate on. But I think that as we start developing, uh, we have background investigators, we have uh, myself, a recruiter, I was on the department for a little over three years, I had an opportunity to uh, put in for this position. Um, there's so many different aspects, retail theft, task force, cargo theft. Uh, if you look at what our officers do just on a daily basis with their traffic accident investigations, uh, they are detectives. They will take a, uh, a, such as, you know, if there's a fatal traffic collision, they will not hand that, that over to someone else to investigate. They will be a detective and continue to run that whole entire investigation. Um, we as officers aren't kicking things uh, to someone else. We, we are taking on those responsibilities. And I think that there is a lot that makes our state run. Our department is so large when people do think it is just the highway. I will tell you is so much more than that that makes us run um, at our area office level from our training officers to our accident investigation, you know, officers, front desk, everything that makes it run to our divisions. Um, field support units, you know, I didn't really even know about our uh, FSP role out there that, you know, they're out there helping those uh, tow truck drivers make sure that people are getting off the road safe. I mean, the FSP program that we have throughout California, most people don't even know about. So the diversity is there. Um, 
I, I think going on our website has really helped enhance that. Yeah. And, you know, the, the sideshows are a phenomenon that are growing and, uh, you know, sometimes deaths occur from, you know, this outrageous uh, street sh- shenanigans with vehicles. Uh, you've made some really good investigations, arrests, uh, freeway shootings. You've made some great mm-hmm. arrests through forensic uh, investigation and uh, the organized crime, um, you know, especially, you know, right post COVID, uh, you know, these you know, smash and grab mobs, no one better than CHP who had cross jurisdiction uh, access to go up and down the state um, had much more ability than a local agency who, you know, once they left the city limits, uh, they were pretty limited after that. Hey, you're looking to hire a thousand officers in a specific time frame. Your brand is called Join the CHP 1000. Wow, that is ambitious. Uh, what are the strategies um, that you're using um, while you're vying with so many other agencies that are kind of in the same boat in, in their recruiting efforts? I think that that is true. I, I think that we, as well as a lot of other different departments, um, have have basically a need. Um, I, I think we're just seeing, and it's just the reality of our job that we have a really good retirement system and we have that. I know that the pandemic did uh, set us back a little bit. Um, we did end up needing to shut down our academy over a period of time and it was for the safety of the staff and the safety of our cadets going through. But with that time that we took that uh, the academy offline, um, we did see a, an increase in and the number of need. And so when we're looking to hire a thousand officers, and I know San Francisco, especially in the Bay Area, San Francisco, San Jose, Oakland, they're all looking as well. I think our our aspect is our officers. I think if anything, it is the lifeblood of who we are, it is the personal contacts that we make. It is telling about it. You know, we're we're definitely investing in social media and different ways to connect and actually get those 20 to 35 year olds to consider an opportunity within our department. But once we get that little, you know, in front of their face, seven, eight, nine, 10 times, it is our officers uh, who are the ones who really make those connections, who take applicants out on ride-alongs, who really show them what our job is. And I wouldn't say that we're vying between uh, applicants for different departments, because in all reality, I want you to either join anything in law enforcement, right? I just want you to be aware. And I think a lot of what we're doing is the awareness, that transparency, showing the diversity of options that you have on this job, that it's not just the highway, that you have the forensic aspects, that you have the different ways, and also presenting our pay benefits in retirement that you know is not the reality of why uh, an officer is joining this job. There's a lot of self-service that uh, derives individuals in general who want to do law enforcement. But when you're considering a lifelong career and a retirement, uh, I think 103 starting, 103 roughly $1,000 starting pay with high school diploma. Uh, I think lifetime medical after 25 years. I think retirement and CalPERS at, at 2.7% per year you've worked if you retire at 57. I think all these different things are the diversity of options. I can make the same working in the Bay Area as an officer who works out in the central area and the cost of living is cheaper out there. Those options, um, it, it's just more providing information and then ultimately letting uh, letting the young applicants make their decision. OK, 
because ultimately I just want to have more in law enforcement to protect us all. Yeah, I, I hear, here. I agree with you. And I think most of our listeners uh, agree. Hey, let me ask you a little bit about the community angle. How did you make that a part of uh, your re- recruiting um, strategy? I think community is our core. I, I think that that's who we serve, right? So the mission of the California Highway Patrol is to provide the highest level of safety service and security to the people of California. Well, the people is our community, right? It, it, it is each and every one. And I think at a division level, this is the Bay Area, right? I, I work out of the Bay Area and connecting with the diverse community that is within the Bay Area. Uh, we have 12 different area offices. We have three commercial facilities. We also have our comm centers and all these different things. Uh, it's supporting those area offices. Each area office has its own diverse community, you know, from uh, our Napa office to our Oakland office, San Francisco, Redwood City, San Jose, Dublin. Each of them, the public information officers are ingrained within their communities. They're going out there, they're going to schools, high schools, middle schools, uh, they're going to uh, community fairs, outreach events, and our community and, and just realizing that we're all individuals. We're, 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 you know, we take off the uniform. I am a, a husband, I have a child, you know, creating that natural connection allows us to have a better uh, community connection to take away some of those fears, those mistakes that you might have about who we are and the job that we do. And also I think it's the best recruiting strategy because if we're going out to those community fairs and I'm handing out a sticker, we were just out at uh, NHRA at Sonoma Raceways, right? National Hot Rod Association, Nice to have that and to hand out a coloring book and to really hand out stickers and, and to see individuals at a younger age, uh, to have them come up and actually like take a photo with you. Um, it's a recruiting strategy because it says, hey, I could see myself in this role, right? And to be able to talk about our Explorer program, you know, ages 15 to 20, where you can come and actually assist at an area office and learn more about us, kind of like an internship. That our community is our lifeblood. It is the people who we serve and, and also where we live. And I think the reason why a lot of us have done this job is because of our community, but we wanted to do more within it. Yeah, and I, I certainly agree with everything you say. And some may disagree that we are all recruiters, right? Uh, active or retired. Um, and demystifying what the job is about uh, you know, sometimes it's it's interesting when you you meet somebody out of uniform and they say, wow, I would have never guessed you were a cop. And I'm always wondering, well, what were they thinking a cop is like? And I think that's part of the battle is to either introduce or remind people that we are part of the community, right? Yeah. On and off duty. And I think uh, for my students, again, it's a mystery. And um it's our responsibility to break it down and, and show them that it's, you know, it's a necessary part of, of everything we do in the community. Um, retention's huge. How are you shepherding uh, candidates through the process? You know, probably our listeners right now see the title Policing Matters and say, hey, I want to check this thing out on recruiting. Uh, I think we should be trying to focus on the people that are not listening uh, or those who may be on the fence, I don't know if I have it to, to get through the process or through an academy. I don't know if I want to give up on my 
other job uh, opportunities while I do that. And, you know, I, you know, it could be a crapshoot. Um, what are you doing? Do you have a mentorship program? Uh, what's the contact once they're in the system, once they're in that pen to paper or keyboard to computer uh, in the application, how do you keep them? So we do. And, and I really do appreciate that because I think retention, not just through the hiring process, but also retention once you get on the job is, is key. Uh, at, at not the last recruitment summit, but one of the ones before that, uh, when I was first getting into this unit, um, one of our, uh, the captain over the, it was a professional training section at that time, Captain West, had thrown a statistic similar to about 95% of CHP officers who join the job stay with the Ohio Patrol. Um, and I think that that stuck to me because it's such a large percentage, but I think once you do join this department, uh, we do have mentorship programs that aren't just uh, mentoring you through the hiring process, but also uh, upper management who are trying to mentor you to follow your goals and procedures, like help you really progress to where you want to be. Um, so we have it on, on that level, but I think our mentoring program isn't just at the division level, it just isn't at the area level. Uh, we do have mentoring programs uh, where officers can help mentor applicants through. And I think our department really does support that because they've uh, instigated a, a recruitment time off. So if an officer can actually help mentor someone throughout the whole entire process and get them to the academy and graduate, they're going to give them up to 40 hours of time off for actually getting that qualified applicant through. Um, I don't think that's the reason why officers do it. Uh, I think they do it because you're recruiting your beat partner. You're recruiting that person who is going to be there either sitting in the car next to you or assisting you uh, at your next traffic collision or helping you at your next investigation or out there at that community event with you. The retention um, is important. And I think that our department has really encouraged that, uh, especially at our area levels to get those officers to go out there and actually make their friends, make those connections and bring them in. That's great. Hey, thanks uh, so much, Officer Caleb Benefield, for taking time and uh, really showing us, uh, you know, some best practices in recruiting today. You've got the join the 1000 of the CHP uh, initiative, join the CHP 1000. And uh, I wish you well. I think CHP is lucky to have you and Sergeant Raul Gonzalez on the recruitment team and, and all you're doing. I, I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks for taking time today. Thank you, sir. I really do appreciate the time. And uh, for those out there who haven't considered a, a career with the Ohio Patrol, I'd highly encourage it. Uh, there's so many other levels. Uh, we have recruiters, I mean, dispatchers, we have commercial vehicle inspection specialists. Please uh, give us a call. We're here to help you along your, your path. So thank you, Jim. Really do appreciate your time, sir. Yeah, you bet. And um, you'll see under the show notes, uh, www.recruitment.chp.ca.gov, uh, not just for the sworn positions, but for dispatcher and other administrative um, jobs uh, with the CHP. Take a look uh, and let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about today's program, what you'd like to hear about, who you'd like to hear from. And we'll get back to you soon. Drop us an email at policingmatters at police1.com. 
That's policing matters at policewin.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. And hey, stay safe out there. Thanks for listening. Hope to talk to you again real soon.